0: This is the Thoughts from a Page podcast, where I interview authors about their latest works. My name is Cindy Burnett, and I love to talk about books. For more book recommendations, check out my website, thoughtsfromapage.com, and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Thoughts from a Page, and on Twitter at burn555555. I want to say thanks to author Judith Little for sharing my podcast on her social media platforms this week. The continued sharing by everyone is really helping my show continue to grow. I very much appreciate it. Today, I am interviewing Madeline Henry about The Love Proof. Madeline started her career at Goldman Sachs. While working in finance, she became moved by yoga philosophy and left the field to write. Her novels incorporate yoga, zen, and new age ideas across a variety of genres. Madeline has appeared on NBC, WABC, and The Jenny McCarthy Show. She has been featured in the New York Post and Parade. She graduated from Yale in 2014, and she shares more information about her life on at Madeline Henry Yoga and about her upcoming third novel on at Food Fight Book. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Madeline. How are you today? I am fantastic.
1: How are you doing, Cindy?
0: I am also fantastic, and I'm really excited to talk with you about The Love Proof.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm so curious because this is a little bit of a different story, and so I'm dying to hear about where you got the ideas, how it came about. So why don't we start out with you just giving a quick summary, and then we can get into all the details. For
1: sure. So The Love Proof is a love story, and it's about a woman who tries to prove that those we love are always connected to us. And this is a really visceral, emotional love story that takes place over a lifetime, and it's much more heartfelt
0: Well, I was just fascinated by the physics of your story, like bringing physics into the story and how you came up with that idea and the idea of time, all of it. I just thought it was very interesting.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, so the main character, Sophie Jones, is a physics prodigy. And so she arrives at Yale, and she's intent on cracking the code of the universe and figuring out what's at the base of reality. And she has a very scientific mind. I've always been intrigued in physics and space. And it felt like the right decision to bring it into this love story. Because There's something about outer space and learning about other planets and theories of time. And I just loved putting that in as a comparison to the love that develops between Sophie and Jake. So I liked setting up, okay, space is this enormous thing with all and then filling it in with all these really fascinating details and then having that be in parallel to the love that hopefully leaves people with the same feeling.
0: Well, I've always been intrigued by the concept of time and time travel. And like you said, it's just an enormous concept and obviously still not really completely decoded. Was it fun to write about Yale since you went there?
1: Uh, It was really fascinating. And so I think that as a writer, I pull out all of these things from my own background unintentionally. And Yale just seemed like the perfect setting for this story, because it is a place where change is less frequent. And this story is all about enduring love. It's about love that does not change over a lifetime. And I thought that uh, having that story be set at a place that is such a landmark, that reveres tradition and the past with history classes, I thought that was just a perfect place to put this story.
0: That's interesting. So you've clearly thought through all of this. What do you hope your readers take away from your book?
1: Okay. So I actually have a really specific answer, which is I hope that they really love this love story. I just hope that they feel the connection between Sophie and Jake and that it resonates with them on an emotional level. I don't. I really don't hope they learn anything. I know that there's a bunch of facts in there. There are theories about time and space, but that is, it's actually just meant to be part of the point that the emotional is more important than the intellectual. And so that's actually all just glittery distraction from the fact that Sophie is so moved by love in her own life. I hope that that just hits people in a really emotional place for themselves.
0: I love that. And I love that you've really thought through these things because I get a wide variety of answers on that. But some people, I'm not sure, have really pondered that question, which is totally great. But it sounds like you've thought a lot about it.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like Maybe there are two kinds of artists and there are people who create and then they look backwards and they've created something and then they go and they share that with other people. And I'm like a really intentional artist. And so I set out and I'm like, this is going to be a story about connection. So it's,
0: it's very personal. So what does your writing process look like?
1: So I try to be as consistent as possible. I think that my overarching belief is that great things happen over long periods of time where you invest consistently over that time. And so, I get up every day and I treat it like an office job, which is funny because it's like this really emotional, artistic, creative thing that happens while I'm literally sitting at a desk with my computer. And what I'm writing is like this, the most emotional thing ever. So it's, it's a funny juxtaposition, but I try to be consistent. Like I show up, I like clock in, like time salute, and then I don't pressure myself to have anything good fast. I just really believe that time is the secret ingredient to high quality art. And so I just know that if I keep coming back to it with however many hours at, at a consistent pace, something great will emerge. So my process is really sort of myopic and consistent and boring, but I think it works for me.
0: Do you get your initial draft done and then go back and edit? Or does it It sounds like maybe instead you really rework each section as you're working on it?
1: Absolutely. So when I'm writing something, it dominates my thoughts. And so I go linearly. So when I redraft, I start over again at the beginning. And then it's a very all consuming process until I get through to the end again. So I I take it very seriously and with the holistic view that way.
0: Well, then you must have to sort of make notes so you get like halfway through the book and you do change some big part. You must have to kind of remind yourself, okay, that's going to change what I did in chapter two or chapter four.
1: Oh, for sure. And so I'm working on my third novel right now and I just decided on a twist toward the end. I'm like, okay, well, here now we got to go do some foreshadowing. And so you tweak one little thing and you got to rework the whole web.
0: Did you have a character that you enjoyed writing the most in The Love Proof? I really loved writing
1: about Sophie because she's she's really a fascinating character. She has this laser brain, which is funny when you write about someone who's a lot smarter than you are because you kind of have to make it work somehow. And so she's a lot smarter than I am, and she can do insane computations in her head. She's insanely well-read. She develops much earlier, and yet she has this depth of emotion which matches her intellect. And I think that's a really fascinating combination. And she faces this really interesting dilemma, which is, okay, do I use my intellect, as all the adults around me are encouraging me to do, to solve the mysteries of space and time and to answer specific questions about time? Or do I enjoy day-to-day with this man named Jake? And she faces that question, and it doesn't exactly go the way she wants to. But I found her contrasts to be really fascinating, and I found her to be very good. And so I just thought, okay, not only are you interesting, but you're morally good. So I was very happy to, to write about her.
0: Well, how did you come up with the title for this one?
1: Okay, so I am of the belief that when it comes to titles, if you get it instantly, it fits. And if you really belabor it, then it's, it's going to be like a, it's almost going to fit, but not quite. So this was an instant thought for me. And I love it because it's very simple. And one of the revelations of the book is this character's move toward humility and simplicity over the power structure in her world, which is academic prestige and insight. So I love that it's a simple title. I love that the two main words in it, love and proof, allude to the two main ideas, which is Love and her pursuit of math and science. So you get you get everything in there, and it's simple. I know it's for some reason I, I have gotten some feedback that some people don't like it, but you're not going to make everyone happy as a writer. So
0: I think it's a great title, actually, and that's interesting that you've heard people don't like it. That's funny.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe. It can oversimplify what the book actually gets into because the conceit of a love proof is kind of trite. But that's the point. It's like she's, she's anti-intellectual. She's anti your power structure. And she just wants to be with the man she loves. And I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, that's always a fine line. You know, people have these great gifts. And whether they're going to sort of give over everything and use their great gift at the sacrifice sometimes of their happiness. Or whether they're going to realize there are a lot of other people with equally great gifts. And I'm going to go ahead and make sure I remain happy and live my life in a content way.
1: Yeah, I mean, there it taps into the more common way to phrase it, which is work-life balance in a way, where a lot of people struggle with career versus family. And this is one woman's very emotional answer to that question.
0: Well, you mentioned it a little bit, but you have a new book that you'll be working on after this one. Would you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So this is, I'm not really saying too much about it. However, my next book, it is all about food. It's a novel. And I would say, my preview is that it's where great food meets true nourishment. And it gets into not just the surface levels of food. and it it takes place in New York city in in a restaurant, but it gets into associations that we have with food, especially for this one main character. I just think that i I, I just find the food world fascinating and I wanted to explore it more. But there's also just food is such an emotional thing. And so I really, I try to tap into that as well.
0: Well, what about your free time, Madeline? What do you like to do when you're not reading or writing?
1: I love to work out and do yoga. So I do that, which I find to be really blissfully unintellectual. The mind can be a mean master sometimes. So you need to just get a get away. And so I do that with workout and yoga. And so I have a yoga Instagram, at Madeline Henry Yoga, where I, I do my unintellectual side. <laughs> I love to be with my fiance. He's great. We do a fair bit of traveling when we're not minding a, a pandemic, but maybe one day again.
0: I hope so. Uh, We'd like to travel a lot too. And it has been definitely one of the downsides. I mean, definitely a first world problem, but it's a bummer to not be getting to visit other places and just getting away a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I figured you must do yoga based on your Instagram name. So I was curious. Well, before we wrap up, I would love to hear what you've read recently that you really liked.
1: Okay. So... This is a very easy question because I recently did a road trip down to South Carolina and had the most amazing audiobook experience with Beach Read by Emily Henry. This book is fascinating to me because I look at the cover and it's bright yellow and it has these bubble letters, and I'm like, okay, like I have no expectations. And then my mind was blown because I thought there was such emotional depth. I was fascinated. It's about two writers. One's literary fiction and one is rom-com and they have a challenge to write in the other genre. And I didn't know that going into it. I didn't know anything about it, but I felt such love. Um, I felt their love. It was real. It was deep. And I just, I thought it was going to be from the cover. I didn't expect to go that deep. And I, I went there and it was amazing.
0: Well, and it's so funny at times. Like, I just love that idea that she is teaching him the rom-coms and he's teaching her literary. So she's like, you know, everything's got to die. And I thought it was a very clever take on all of that.
1: Absolutely. And she wears her give up pants. I mean, come on. That's hilarious. Yeah.
0: A lot of tongue in cheek stuff. It was a fun read. So anything else? I mean, that was
1: the last book I read. And right now I'm reading This Time Next Year by Sophie Cousins
0: and loving that as well. I loved Beach Read and I have definitely seen the other. So those are both great recommendations. Well, Madeline, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the Thoughts From a Page podcast. Oh my God, anytime. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you liked this episode, and I hope you did, please follow me on Instagram at Thoughts From a Page. Tell all of your friends about the podcast and rate it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. Madeline's book can be purchased at Murder by the Book where I work part-time and the link is in the show notes. Thanks to KP Regan for the sound editing and I hope you'll tune in next time.
1: Science, science, science. science, science, science. Hello podcast fans. Want to get weird with us?